Hey, everybody. Welcome in. It's The Wrap. Tom Mazaway and company here on NRM Streamcast. Welcome in to the Jim Reels friendly Chrysler Jeep Studios here in Farmington. Tom Mazaway alongside my partner Clarence Black will be in any second now. we got a good show for you lined up today. Still want to talk some uh, Bulls and Michael Jordan, and that's all the rage still. Tonight is NFL schedule release night. It's another big night here for us Lion fans because we'll be undefeated as of tonight. But just to hear that the NFL is still doing what they're doing, it's business as usual for them. All kinds of rumors out there of who the Lions are going to lead off with. And uh, someone from Chicago leaked out that it's going to be the Chicago Bears. So the Bears supposedly will come to Ford Field on the opener, September the 13th. That's what they're looking at. Uh, and they're looking at a, an early date here of September the 10th. Looks like September the 10th. That's a Thursday. So that'll be like the opening night on NBC. Probably be the Chiefs and somebody's usually the Super Bowl champion. And then on Sunday the 13th, if all goes well, and they are playing sports at that time and we're still doing what we're doing, the Lions supposedly will open up at home against a division rival, the Chicago Bears. And then from there, there's all kinds of rumors. Supposedly the next four weeks are going to be AFC versus NFC. That's just in case they have to cancel games. And if they have to cancel games, it will not affect like uh, your your NFC brethren. In other words, an NFC-AFC game isn't as important as an NFC versus NFC game. So in-division in-conference rivals take preference. So that's what the rumor is. They also, they put out the Thanksgiving Day rumor. And just to let you in on some things, these are things that we know. The Packers, the Vikings, the Bears, of course, will be here and we'll visit them. Now, the teams that are coming to Ford Field, the Saints, the Buccaneers with Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, the Texans, the Colts, and the Skins, and then the Lions on the road. Of course, at the Packers, Vikings, and Bears. Then Atlanta, Carolina, Tennessee Titans, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, it's supposed to be in London. There will be no games in Europe this year, so that will be at Jacksonville. And then the Arizona Cardinals, who came back and wound up tying the Lions last year. Remember that? Week one, Kyler Murray's debut. Kind of wrecked the Lions' season, uh, if you really want to think about it, from then. So now the rumor is Thanksgiving. Who are they going to play? Usually it's the Bears, it's the Packers, the Vikings. But then in the, back in the day, it used to be switching off. You'd have an AFC team one year, you'd have an NFC team the next. So the Colts are supposedly the hot team, supposedly, to play on Thanksgiving. I even heard uh, uh, the Cowboys and the Eagles would be the second game, and then the third game would be the Saints and Buccaneers. Again, that's all hearsay. We'll find out tonight, 8 o'clock, on NFL Network And again, Tom Mazaway, Clarence Black will be here momentarily. I want to hear from our friends at Tim Hortons. Make sure you visit your local Tim Hortons drive-thru because they're still open. You know, these are difficult times, and while, like many of your day-to-day routines have changed, you can still count on your favorite cup of joe at Tim Hortons Coffee. They're encouraging all their guests to use the payment feature on the Tim Hortons app so you'd have a low-contact restaurant experience. It's kind of loosening up out there right now. A lot of traffic out there again. A lot of people getting back to their everyday deal. You could also order ahead and earn points towards free items. Is my man Chuck Swirsky on the horn? Chuck, are you there? Not yet. They're still trying to get him. I welcome in Clarence Black. How are you, buddy? Man. 
Let's put Clarence up on the board here. Uh, there you are. What's going on, man? How are you, man? It's crazy. Well, welcome in. A little late for you. A little bit. A little bit. You usually get here like a minute before the show. <laughs> now you're here uh, five minutes after the show. Yeah, man. It's craziness out here. Everything cool with the Army and all that kind yeah, of jazz? Yeah, man. You know, stuff I can and can't tell you. I know. I know. Just, hey. It's, uh, you know what? Listen, man. I'm, I'm blessed. I'm, I'm working. Can't complain. But it is, man. We are... Uh, we are like everybody else, but for us, just trainings have changed, and yeah. we got trainings canceled and all craziness. So, Well, I'm welcome in. Thanks for coming in. Man. Yeah, man, yeah. Hey, uh, you know, we've been talking about it for a long time. It's really a, a live sporting event for us here. It's, you know, the Bulls and Michael Jordan and the last dance. We've been talking about it for the past three weeks. It's been fun. Uh, number five and six we just saw, so seven and eight are coming up this weekend. And the voice of the Chicago Bulls joining us now from Chicago. Here's a guy that gave me my first opportunity in radio. I love him. I always will. It's Chuck Swirsky, uh, live from the Windy City. Hey, Chuck. Maz, my man, you're the best. Good to hear your voice, Swirsk. Love it. You're, uh, you're talking to Clarence awesome. and Maz here. Clarence is here as well. Hi, Clarence. Mr. Swirsky, how are you, sir? Clarence, I want to let you know you're in the presence of greatness. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, right. Thanks, yeah, Chuck. Is it, would that be you? You, yes. yeah. yeah it's no, him. no, no. It's Maz, the Maz man. This guy, man. Oh, man. Let me tell you, this is a quick story how Chuck uh, hooked me up into the radio business. I'm working for Mitch Album uh, on his show. It just started out. It was January of 96, WJR, and I was interning for them. So Chuck and me, we become, you know, friendly. And I see how he's working in the sports department. And he always sees me sneaking in the sports department. And, you know, Mitch is like, hey, Maz, get back to work. Tommy, he <laughs> called me. Chuck uh, always called me Maz. So I'd be always sticking my nose in there. And then one day, out of the blue, Swirk says, hey, Maz, how'd you like to come work for me here in the sports department? I love your passion. And I'm like, oh, my God. I almost fainted. I almost fainted. And Swirk says, as long as it's okay with Mitch, it's okay, you know, we want to have you. Aww. So I had to go beg and borrow for Mitch and yeah. had to do a lot of things, but I wound up getting the gig, and Chuck taught me uh, taught me everything. He took me in my first basketball game. He told me I couldn't cheer on because the, the Nets and the Pistons were playing <laughs> one time, and I'm, like, almost cheering for the Nets. And Maz, you can't do that anymore. You're not a fan anymore. Swarovski, remember those days? You are the biggest fan I know. <laughs> Maz, I remember myself. You and Cassie from the promotional department <laughs> at WJR, and we were at a golf tournament. <laughs> and I am, I am um, driving the golf cart. You, you remember this? I do. And and I took a wrong turn and almost got the three of us killed in a ditch. Yes, we almost went in the ditch. That's right. Oh my God. Oh, man, Swirsk. It's great to hear your voice. Uh, what is it? You've been with the Bulls for, what, 12 years now at least? Yep. I left uh, I left Detroit in uh, the fall of 98, and I was uh, the play-by-play announcer for the Raptors you for 10 years. And then the last 12 with uh, the Bulls. But I will say this. The four years I spent uh, in Detroit, um, we, we loved living in Ann Arbor. The people were great. I love calling Michigan games. It was the tail end of the Fab Five, yep. and then with uh, Tractor Trailer and Maurice Taylor, you got it, and Maceo Bass. I love that team. So we had a good we had a good run. We sure did, Suarez. Can we miss you? And we have a guy on our air here that uh, follow up here. I'm on the show with him as well, Jimmy King. 
who was a Raptor yeah. and, of course, a Fab Five guy. Yeah, now he probably, I mean, because I was only there for one year with Jimmy and Ray Jackson. Yep. They probably don't remember me. But, um, you know, that was an interesting run because the Fab Five, as we know, with, um, you know, with what happened with Weber leaving first. Yep. And then the following year, Rose left um, along with Juwan Howard. And so that left Ray and Jimmy, and we had a brand-new group of uh, the number one recruiting class in the country went to Michigan following that Fab Five. And, uh, you know, it just there, – there were some good teams, but the hype, you know, the production just didn't live up to it. No, so, Jimmy was telling you us. Know what? I have a lot of respect for uh, Coach Fisher, Brian Ellerby, you know, replaced him, and then I left for the NBA. And uh, you haven't looked back. Don't forget your salami and cheese days over at the Raptors. You had that <laughs> bobblehead. With wraps. That's it, yeah. baby. Chuck Swirsky joins us live from Chicago, play-by-play with the Bulls. Chuck, what's your take on uh, on the whole uh, the last dance? And what's your take on it? And how's it been welcomed in, in Chicago? Well, I mean, the, the ratings are going, you know, ballistic. It's It's off the charts here in Chicago on Sunday nights. Yo, know, Maz, I was here... Uh, with WGN, I was here for 15 years before yep. I went to WJR. And so I saw the day, I remember vividly when Jordan was drafted. And then, of course, I was here from you know, 84 to 94. I was here for his first 10 years. You were PA, weren't and you? PA announcer? I was PA announcer yeah. for three of those 10, yep. And, uh, but one thing about Jordan is, in my opinion, he's the greatest team player in the history of sport for an individual to you know perform at the team level he was phenomenal and he was phenomenal from the get-go i mean this guy really never struggled and so now of course one thing about michael and i can tell you this he grew in to his confidence and he was always a confident player but he was very reserved uh in offering opinions um, early in his career, as a lot of young players should be. You know, you, you kind of have to earn it a little bit, and he earned it quickly. But the Jordan we've seen, really, from that last dance era, the last maybe year or two, uh, and then as it carried over to the Wizards, and then running the team, and now this platform that he's been given, coming into our homes, offering opinions, this is the Michael Jordan that we really saw at his Hall of Fame induction speech, where he was so motivated by people who doubted him or people who wronged him in his opinion, and it motivated him. And he didn't have a chip on his shoulder, Maz. <laughs> he had a boulder on his shoulder. He sure did. So you know, that that's MJ. He sure did, man. It's it's a pleasure to watch this thing. I love it as a sports fan. You know, I wasn't a huge Jordan guy because you know I was a Jersey guy and here in Detroit. But you know, I know I know Clarence grew up here. And yeah, I know listen, he has Chuck, a, you know. I, I am I am the Piston fan, and those bad boys were near and dear to my heart. But I think one of the criticisms, the main criticism that I've heard so far of the documentary is that Jerry Krause can't speak for himself. So, right. what was your relationship like with Jerry Krause and you know, do you feel like the documentary has has just been inaccurate or given him a bad rap? And if so, what was what was he really like? Well, I mean, I don't think it's inaccurate because you have people on the record talking about him. It's not like, you know, anonymous sources. Um, but I, I first got to know Jerry, actually, when Jerry was a baseball scout. 
for the White Sox. Yep. And so that was early 80s, late 70s, early 80s. And then, of course, he was named GM of the Bulls, and he was very guarded. He loved the scout. Like, deep down inside, he was a scout scout. Um, but he was also polarizing. And um, But Jerry and I had a very good professional relationship. Um, I'm not going to lie and say we were best friends because we were not. I never shared a meal with him. I was in his office probably a couple times talking with him. He was very, very guarded with information, and I get that. Um, but uh, I will say this. When I was doing Michigan games, he would call me um, a couple, three times a year and ask my opinion about certain players. <laughs> and so, you know, I would just give and I would always tell him, I said, Jerry, this is just my opinion. I said, I'm not in your business, but, you know, I see these guys on a regular basis, and I'm going to share some information as far as, you know, what their strengths are, weaknesses. I didn't know their character, obviously, because, you know, I, I'm just not around players, especially other Big Ten players. But, you know, to me, he was great. Now, I can understand if you're a player um, and you're around him that you might offer a different, differing opinion uh, based on some of the things he may say or do. But at the same time, I am disappointed that he is passed because it, I think it would have made really good television for him to go on the record in front of a camera and state, you know, his and give his peace of mind about things. Chuck, but, have you gotten any insight know, on his memoirs by any chance? I know the memoirs are supposed to come out. Have you have you heard anything or, or gotten a sneak peek or? Well, I I mean they they've released excerpts. Casey Johnson, who is very very close, he's a writer yeah. uh, for NBC Sports Chicago, but used to write for the Tribune, and he was very close to Jerry Krause. And so, um, you know, the book will come out when it comes out. I have no idea, but. Um, you know, I think then Jerry will be able to, you know, offer through word and through spirit uh, his opinion about things. But it, it was very, very apparent that the, that there was a major, major, major divide yeah. between himself and the core group of this ball club. I don't think you're supposed to treat anyone the way they treated him. To be perfectly honest with you, I mean they they well they really did him they did him poorly. Well, let's put it this way, Mass. You know. Um, He's no if, Al if Mayers. You and I talk to, well, <laughs> hey, listen, you know what? Uh, you know, I mean, Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan. I mean, it, it, it is what it is. But if if we treated our employers that way, yeah, uh, I would probably be out of a job of course. within seconds. Of course. That's what I really didn't like about it. I didn't like what they did to him. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. We don't know what the inside story is. What I really liked, what I got a kick out of is the minute – he liked a player like John Stockton, like Tony Kukoc, like Marley. Thunder Dan Marley. These guys would like be rabid dogs and go after these players and try to undress yep. them. Well, and you know what? I have nothing. I have nothing against that, Maz. I mean, yeah. listen, I, I'm, I'm, if if I played at the highest level on that stage every night, and I don't care what you're talking about, whether it's college, pro, high school, you got to bring it. And, and one thing I'll, I'll always appreciate this with Jordan is that every night he brought it. Yep. And there's that clip where they where they're talking about Jordan that everybody in that arena 
bought a ticket, especially on the road, to see number 23. Yep. He knew that. Look, uh, I want you to do this. If you have a computer in front of you, Clarence, look at, look at his stats during the 97-98, his last year with the Bulls, at the age of, what, 35, 36, whatever he was? Yeah, I think he was okay. he maybe even a little older than that. Well, yeah, maybe 38. Who yeah. knows? Um, but Or 37. Look at how many games he played and how many minutes per game he averaged. It'll blow you away. Isn't it amazing how today's day and age, and you're still calling games now, now you get these these games where they're taking they're taking this time off load management. I mean, what would Jordan have yeah. said to load management? Yeah, can you? I mean, listen. There's a difference between being hurt and being injured. A lot of these guys, after 30 games, are banged up. I get it. You know, it's it's a tough, tough sport, and it is very tough. You know, one thing that we kind of take for granted when a player drives to the rim and he gets fouled and he's sent to the floor. Well, this floor is very unforgiving. It's a hardwood yes. floor, okay? And these players bounce up like they're Gumbies, you know? They just bounce right back up, go to the free throw line, or pull a U-turn, head down the other way. And I'm thinking, wow. But it adds up over time, you yeah. know? And uh, I just look at these players, and I'm thinking, you know what? If you're if you're injured, you, you shouldn't play. You have an injury and you've gone to see the team doctor, and he says, listen, you need a couple of weeks off, you need a week off, come back maybe in three days, whatever the case may be, I understand that. But if you're, if you're a little bit banged up and bruised, but you can still go, you should go. So, I just looked up 97-98. He was 34. He started oh all 82 games wow. and 39 minutes a game. Not not yeah. too bad. Wait, he was just thirty four in ninety eight. <laughs> yeah, he was thirty four. Yeah, get out of here. Yeah, I yeah. thought he was older. Well, I always think of him as older in ninety eight. Hey, how about this? So you know, everyone wanted to be the next Jordan. Was it going to be Grant Hill? Was it going to be Kobe? And then all of a sudden, in ninety eight, Vince Carter, you know, rolls into the NBA, and it's my first year calling Raptors. Vinsanity. Vinsanity. And I'm looking at this guy, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, I'm not putting him in that Jordan breath because that is a big, big deep breath to <laughs> inhale and then to exhale. But I'm thinking he's got a lot of his mannerisms. Not Kobe. I mean, Kobe was a, a perfect cut for Jordan. I mean, he had the same thing going. He had the same fadeaway, you know, jumper. He had that same pivot. You know, he had that same demeanor. And I wasn't going to put Vince in that category, but because he came from North Carolina and couldn't dunk, and he had some flair. And the first time Jordan played Carter uh, in Toronto, and they had so many ISOs against each other, it was crazy. And I thought, wow. But without question, Kobe was was a image of Jordan. The silhouette, I'm, as I'm talking to you guys, <laughs> I can I can see Kobe right now a mere image of Jordan. They even you know? walk the same. There's a there's a picture of the yeah. two of them walking <laughs> like oh, like they're showing them in the All-Star game East yeah. West. Jordan's walking to the East bench, Kobe to the West, and then they put them side by side and you literally they're, like a they're shadow. perfect. It's like a shadow. Yeah. It's like a shadow. Yep. Great stuff, Swirsk. And I know uh back in your day, we always gave a shout out to Ohio U. How about those Bobcats? 
The Bobcats. Hey, what was that? Af- Athens? Athens? Yeah. Athens, Ohio. That's worse. That's that's the land of Swirsk. And Gary Trent, yeah. Shack of the Mac. Oh, man. For, hey, last question, Chuck. Last question. I give you three coaches. Who's the best of these three? Phil Jackson, Chuck Daly, Pat Riley. Uh, well, I mean, how many how many rings does Phil Jackson have? Did he build those teams, Swirsk? I'm talking about coaching. I know. You know. Here's the thing. People say, well, Phil had Pippen and Jordan, and then he had Kobe and Shaq. Hey, I'm sorry. You still have to coach these guys. People, you know, you, you just don't throw the ball on the floor, Mass, and say, all right, guys, do it. I mean, you got to have talent. Yeah, I get it. You don't have talent, you're not going to win. you got to have the greatest coaches. Look at Chuck Daly, and I love Chuck Daly. He was great to me. I missed him at Detroit, but I got to know Chuck a little bit while I was covering the Bulls, and then when he, you know, he came out of retirement, yeah. and he ends up coaching the Nets. Yep. And Orlando. And I mean, I love Chuck Daly without any question, but you got to have talent. And I mean, Phil won 11 championships. 11. I know. I know. 11 titles. People for 11 titles, man. That's crazy. Red R back and Phil, I guess. All right. You answered it, Swirsk. I appreciate it, brother. Hey, it's great hearing your voice. I'm so happy for you. Uh, You you seem to be as happy as uh, I've seen you, man. Congrats. Yeah, thanks, Maz. And I love you guys. Anytime you need me, call me. Thanks, yes, Chuck. Sir. Give our best to Bill hey, Winnington. Bears, I, I, I will. I just read that uh, the Bears are opening up the season That's in Detroit. Hear. That's what we hear. That's the rumor. We'll know tonight at eight o'clock when that official release yeah. comes. But we hope to see you soon, Chuck. All right. Be well. Take care. Bye. Stay well, man. Chuck Swirsky, the voice of the Bulls and uh, the guy who gave me my opportunity here. So I love him and I hate him at the same time for getting me in this <laughs> lousy in this business. crazy business. But the, the, you heard him. I love yeah. championships. Hard to argue with that. You I mean, I think you could just stop arguing when, when you say that. Well, it's expectation, too. <laughs> I mean, you think about how many how many titles did Phil win when they weren't supposed to? Of the, I mean, think about it. He won 11, but how many? It's like the expectation. Three in a row? That's well, tough. I mean... <laughs> But winning when you're people like, well, you're supposed to win. I mean, two three-peats. No, I take that back. Three three-peats. Wow. Three three-peats. Wow. He three-peated three times. That's a fact? Lakers, Bulls twice. Sure, you're right. And that's one thing people forget, the Shaq and Kobe Lake. That's, that, that is the whole— The Lake that's Show. That's the whole— like thing that blows your mind about those guys is that they won the three in a row while they were fighting. Yeah. You three-peat it while in the midst of turmoil and arguing near constantly. That is something. But to have that, ex- man, when you have expectations, to hit expectations is hard. Being a come-up is easy. Being the AC one year, now you're the sixth seed. Like Nate McMillan is the constant. Co- like All he does in Indiana is just like exceed expectations. But if they ever were like Indiana's supposed to win it this year, I think Nate McMillan would fall. I used to dig Byron Scott. Yes. He, he can never get over the hump. Nope. A lot Ex- of great lot of great coaches. A lot of great coaches that we thought were gonna be great just turned out to be pretty good. Eleven championships, man. And I rewatched uh, the last dance, the last part last night. I forgot how close Phoenix played them. Yeah. Phoenix, People, everybody forgets. Phoenix could have won that. Damn they took series. two of three in yeah. Chicago. Yeah, but they only think about the. So they took two of three in Chicago, but they lost the important game, which was, so no one comes back from three one. Right, and that was the game. That was the fifty five 
point where Jordan and, you know, he across the lane gets the and one on Barkley to, like, close it out. Everybody remembers that. They forget the fact that the Bulls lost games three and games five. Yeah, and And, should have lost game six. And they were going home. And that was, again, that was back when they played that crazy 2-3-2 format. And Phoenix really felt like, okay, there's no way we're going to go home and and lose. lose. Both. And Jordan packed one suit, he told his teammates. I'm only packing one suit, one game. John Paxson hits the last three-pointer with four Mm -hmm. seconds to go. They scored the last five. Those Phoenix teams were unreal, man. How'd they let Jordan walk in there for for that little layup to make it within two points? Because you don't want to foul him. And at that point, when you... So, Remember when you're up three, what you're thinking is is just let the game end. At that point, you're under you're sub a minute. You're sub sixty seconds. Yeah. So you don't want to do anything stupid like give them an and one. But in that instance, and then you're figuring like, all right, we'll make free throws. Neither happened. Man. And then the Knicks up two nothing in the Eastern Finals, lose four straight. I forgot they lost four straight. Unbelievable. Make free throws. Yeah. As oh, crazy as it sounds. That was great, man. My daughter watched it with me last yeah. night. I love watching it with her. It yeah. just gives me a, it refreshes me. Thanks to everyone, especially Chuck Swirsky. Thanks for coming on, Swirsk. Thanks to David and Angel in the back. Scotty at home. Scotty Max dying to come back to work. I bet. He Little is. Scotty. Hey, when we come back, we got your Lions schedule release party and a lot more. I know you don't want this talk Lions schedule now, do you? <laughs> it's Maz and Black on the wrap on NRM Streamcast.